This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now, these games coming up, Zane, we look at this Carolina end of, end of this. The last time the Niners played Carolina, they beat them 51 to 10. And then, or was it 50? I think it was 51 to 10. And then when they played Baker Mayfield that same year, I think it was 31 to 3. Right. So all that tells me is that the Niners are going to win this game like 83 to 13. That's what that tells me. <laughs> right. But yeah, May, Mayfield, Mayfield has been awful this year. And like, I knew he was bad, but I looked at the numbers today. So his completion percentage is 54.7%. That's 31st. His yards per attempt is 6.4, 27th. Yards per game, 187, 28th. His rating is 30th at 70, 75. And his QBR is 15.3. It's 31st. The last time he played the Niners, he was 8 for 22 for 100 yards with two picks and a lost fumble. His QB rating was 13.4. So you're struggling like this, and congratulations, you get the best defense in the league. And that's why I just I, – I cannot. You know, I feel like our guys like DJ Moore do. Yeah, DJ Moore is a hell of a player, and he, he's got 13 catches this year. Um, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, he's putting up n- numbers, but, you know, it hasn't been like a game-breaking thing for him at least not in terms of, of leading his team to a victory or anything like that. Beyond that, you have Robbie Anderson. It's okay. You know, he's got 12 catches for 174 yards, but nobody who really scares you. The only way I can see, there's two ways I can see the Niners, this even being a game. One, it's a short week. You're going across the country. It's an early game. You never know, right? You start out flat, crazier things have happened. The other is that Jimmy just has a couple stupid turnovers or there's, fluky turnovers from somebody else. That is the only way I can see the Carolina Panthers even being in this game. And I know Carolina hasn't gotten killed this year. You know, they've, they've been in the games that, that they've played. Um, they lost 26 to 24 to the Browns, 19 to 16 to the Giants. They beat the Saints 22 to 14 and they lost to the Cardinals 26 to 16. So they're not getting annihilated, but I don't think they've run into a buzzsaw like this defense. And I just don't think they're going to be able to hang Put enough points up to hang with the Niners. Yeah, I agree. And also, it's it's actually a late game. So, oh, is it a, a one? It's not a one o'clock game. No, it's a it's a it's a it's a four o'clock Eastern start time. So it's a oh, o'clock. yeah. Look so, at that. Okay, so I'm a moron. So it is a late game. So it's it's not an early game. It is four o'clock Eastern. So it is across the country. It is a short week, but it, but it's a late game. Okay, I didn't yeah. did not even know that. Get the get the body clock right. So I think that. It, and the funny thing is, like, I mean, you you mentioned what all the things I wanted to talk about with their offense, right? Like they're not getting anything outside of Christian McCaffrey. They don't really have great receivers. Their defense isn't very good. Matt Rule is basically like a dead coach walking at this point. Like they're oh, yeah. already talking about getting rid of him. So I think that you'll probably see a coaching change in Carolina. Sam Darnold had won that job, right? Like that's basically what it was. It was going to be Sam Darnold's job. He got hurt and Baker Mayfield ended up starting by default. That That's kind of what it was. And I feel like the whole thing behind Baker Mayfield was that he had, he had an elite group of receivers in Cleveland when he played there and, and elite skill players. And he was able to make it work up to a certain extent, but it was only like a small flash in the pan. And I think that, you know, because of that, that kind of showed everybody that, well, he's probably not, 
as good as people thought he was. Um, mm-hmm. There was, I don't know if you remember, like around the time that they played that game uh, when Baker Mayfield came here, they they played that um, that that primetime game. There's a lot of like hype behind him and and oh, like so much Baker disrespect and things like that. And the Niners absolutely just destroyed them, and that was kind of it. Like you just never really heard from him again, right? And I, I kind of expect the same thing to happen now. Like, it's, you know, Bosa has a chip on his shoulder, right? Because of the whole college thing of flag. Right. Right? You know, he's still thinking about that. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets to him what he does. But there's just the Niners, you know, I, I, I criticize Kyle Shanahan a fair bit for when he, he messes up. But I will say this, that it's the first time since Jim Harbaugh where I've consistently felt that they can be in every game. Like they have a chance to win every game. Aside from maybe like that Kansas City game, even I still think they have a chance. But like, you walk into this and you're like, all right, like this this is a win. This should be a win. You have a chance here to win. Like, it's not like oh well, they're going to get blown out like when they were bad or when they had bad personnel. So that being said, these are games that they should win. I think that you should beat Carolina pretty handily. I don't think that Jimmy. I think that he's realizing that like okay, well, I don't have to do stupid stuff. Just play play the playbook. And uh, don't make any idiotic throws, and, and they win the game. So, and Jimmy, so far this season, and I know there's probably there's definitely been some throws that you know maybe were a little bit dicey, but and I know it's a small sample size, but his interception percentage is currently at one point three percent. That is by far, you know, if it stays consistent to that, the best he's had in his Niners career. He's at two point eight percent for his Forty ers career, and he's never been lower than two point seven percent in a season. And the turnovers are generally what kill him. You know, again, even when you have your Jimmy's playing well, sometimes he'll be 13 out of 16 and he's cruising and the score is maybe 13 to three. And then he throws a pick and all of a sudden it's 13 to six or 13 to 10. You see that if he can avoid that. Yeah. Like you said, they're, they're going to be really, 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 really tough to beat. And I think in this game, I, I still don't know that the offense gets going yet. I don't feel like they're there, but I do think, I think Kittle's going to get more involved for sure this week, which is a good thing. Right now, in terms of their targets, Debo Samuel has 28, Ayuk has 23, Juwan Jennings has 15, and then Kittle in his two games has has nine. So again, you want to see Kittle. So I, I'd like to see him get six, seven targets a game. <laughs> you know, I r- really try to get him involved, really try to get him in space, get some big plays, have him knocking over some people, um, get things going. I'm looking for a big game from him this week. And I also am looking to get that running game going a little bit more consistently. I do like what Jeff Wilson's done. He's had some big runs. You know, I'm a Jeff Wilson guy. Mm-hmm. I like to see a little bit more there. You know, there's been some big runs and then it, it's been tough, tough sledding for a while. I'd like to see some consistent runs today and get them going and really just control the football, get Kittle involved. I don't think they're going to put up 30 plus points, but I think they can be safely in the twenties and I don't think Carolina is going to get more than 13. So I, I think even if there is a little bit of across the country lag for them, I, I think the Niners are going to, are going to win this game easily. I think so too. I think it'd be, it'd be one of those games where it's like a short game because their mm-hmm. defense, Al, the funny thing is, is that if you look at the statistics from the Rams game the, and the time of possession, the Rams possessed the ball, like a significantly longer time than the 49ers did. And that to me is after the the week where Denver significantly possessed the ball more than the Niners did in, in that game as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that like those things, they, they start to chip away at your defense and the health of your defense. So I think that this is going to be one of those games where they try to even that out, get the defense some rest, limit their opportunities and, and really control the clock because they will be able to run the football against Carolina. Like they're, they're just a terrible run defense. So assuming that everybody stays healthy and, and the offensive line, which has been fantastic. Aaron Banks, by the way, 
he has been really like just an absolute revelation through four games. Yeah. He's been fantastic. No penalties, no sacks given up. He's only given up six pressures throughout the first four games. So it's, it's been really nice to see that because that was a big question mark with Lincoln Thompson left and that position needed to be filled. We, we were qu- kind of questioning like, you know, is he going to be able to do it? Cause last year he struggled. So it's been really, a really pleasant surprise to see that there. And I think that once Trent Williams comes back, that left side of the line will be a lot, a lot more solidified. Brendel seems to be settling in the center now. And, you know, the, the, there's a little bit of flux at right guard because they don't know whether Burford is, is, is going to be able to take over for um, Bronskill or not full time. And they, they were kind of like shuttling them in and out of the mm-hmm. game yesterday, uh, this past week. But really, again, I feel like they're going to be able to dominate the run game. And I don't care, honestly, if Kittle's staying in and blocking and they're, they're winning games and they're dominating teams, it's not a big deal. But eventually, like, yeah, like that's something that they'll have to remedy. Yeah, I so, think yeah. they'll catch up to him eventually. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Banks. Yeah, he he has, you know, I, I'm you know me, I always worry about everything. So you get a guy coming in there that's unproven, but he's he's been really good. And and looking back at that 2021 draft now, Lance is a big TBD, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Great hopes for him, great talent, we just don't know yet. Aaron Banks looks good now in that sec for that second round pick. If he's a stalwart that guard, that was a good pick. The third round is uh, Trey Sermon and Amory Thomas. But then you look at what they did in the later rounds, where this is where the Lynch and Peters and, and Kyle Shannon, this is where they flourished. So Jalen Moore is a fifth round pick, and he's, you know, he's going to, he's been swing lineman, right? Backup lineman for a fifth round. No, nothing wrong with that. But then the next three picks Lenore, Hufunga, Eli Mitchell. In the fifth round, pick 172 was Lenore, pick 180 was Hufunga, and then the sixth round was Eli Mitchell. That's phenomenal for the yeah. fifth and the sixth round phenomenal. And then you look at other guys they've got, they've gotten it late, obviously Kittle DJ Jones. I'm sure forgetting a million people. Um, they've done so well in the back of that draft. And that's where, you know, we get on this team and you know that's what we do, right? Where we do content, we do a show. We're going to talk about the hits and misses, but overall, when you look at a roster that's this good, yeah, the quarterback stuff, they got, they absolutely have to figure that out. But overall, you know, if you miss on a Solomon Thomas or a Reuben Foster, you know, you're making it up mm-hmm. later in the draft. You're getting a Fred Warner in the third round. You're, you know, you're getting a Hufunga in the sixth round. You're getting a George Kittle in the fifth. You know, they're making it up. It doesn't matter where you get these players, I guess, as long as you get them, right? So I thought that was pretty interesting today. I saw it somewhere, somewhere, someone had posted the 2021 draft, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty damn good because we weren't too sure about that this time last year or even this off season. And now it's like, wow, looks good. Looks good. Yeah. And there's so much credit that needs to go to John Lynch, Adam Peters, and obviously Kyle as well. It's his game. It's in, and he, he puts these guys to work and, and finds fits for them, but that's how teams, that's how championship teams are built, right? Like if you remember those Seattle teams that were, that were really good Legion of boom where Sherman played, that's how they were built, right? Earl mm-hmm. Thomas was the first rounder, but they were all late round slash undrafted free agent picks in the secondary, and they were able to make it work. And it's it's good for the championship window because those guys are uh, that those guys come on rookie contracts and right away they're contributing, and that allows you the flexibility to be able to improve your teams other ways. Yep. And I think that's where the frustration of Trey getting hurt was was that you know another year of the rookie contract and, and they can't really take advantage of it, but. That being said, this offsets it a little bit when you have all the guys that you mentioned playing on rookie contracts and being significant contributors. I think they should just trade all their first round picks and just get like, you know, impact players and then just like trade them back for like fifth, fifth round picks and that's it, right? That's all you need. Just pick in the fifth, fifth and sixth round. That's all I got to do. That's it. That's very simple, right? Like, that's all you need. You can get a ton of them if you trade your first and your second, right? Just get like, right? 
Exactly. picks, And then you got all George Kittles and Hufungas and no, it is. It, it's amazing. It's amazing what they've done. And they've had some good first rounders too. I mean, Nick Bosa, obviously yeah. franchise changer type pick, you know, mm-hmm. um, McGlinchey was a five has been a five-year starter. I don't know if he'll be past this year, but that's a solid pick, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. They've, they've overall done really well. And you have this kind of roster, you know, it's easy to nitpick, but overall they've, they've done really, really well. It's, it, it's fun to see. So, all right, Zane, do you have a score prediction for this game? Um, so I'm going to say the Niners will get to 24 points. It'll be like a 24, 13 type of game. Uh, I don't see, I don't see unless the Niners make some stupid mistakes, but also I'm, I'm speaking of stupid mistakes. We didn't touch on this at all in either show, but I'm kind of concerned about Ray McLeod and his ball security. Yes, me too. I'm concerned about that because like, there's been a couple times where, he had a good return last game. Like for, you know, this is the first time that he kind of was able to, to break one a little bit and take it down to midfield. But I'm concerned about that. I don't know. Are you, are you as concerned as I am about that? I am. Cause that was the thing with him that I, cause I, you know, I didn't see a lot of him playing in Pittsburgh, but you know, you read up on guys or whatever. The thing with him is like, cause I'm like, Oh, this guy's electric. I really would like to see what Kyle would do with him, but they're like, yeah, he has ball security problems. And, you know, again, with, as a 49ers fan, you have PTSD, um, yeah. Kyle Williams and, you know, stuff like that. And like, yeah, he again it was and this is the stuff that worries me that rams game when he fumbled the ball okay the niners got it back not a big deal but what if that happens and they don't get it back you know those are the things that can take a winnable game when you're not scoring a ton of points and turn it into a loss and yeah he kind he's kind of starting to scare me too it's funny that you said that because i actually wrote it down in my notes and i totally forgot to talk about it because he's definitely worrying me a little bit we'll have to see how the season goes on but you, again you have to worry in a big spot is he going to try to break one and the ball's going to pop and before you know it you know bad things happen. Yeah. So if they don't, if they don't do something like that, if they don't have a, like a, a silly, foolish turnover or a couple turnovers like that, I don't think that this should be any, any issue for them as long as everybody stays healthy. And as long as, you know, Jamie doesn't turn it over as long as they don't have any crazy turnovers that there, there are always defense breakdowns that happen. That's fine. But like, if you're up by a, a, a you know, a couple scores, it's not, it's not as big of a deal. As long as Kyle's not up by 10 points, it's him and 10 points, dude, that's whatever it is with 10 points. Make it make it nine or eleven or twelve. Just don't make it ten points in the fourth quarter, right? Just that we'll, yeah. we'll be good then. How about twenty eight points? How about a blowout for once? Can we just can it be easy one time? Just please let's do it. Just, let's let's do enjoy, it. It. Let's enjoy it. So, all right, and Zane, you're set to open the show because every time you do, right? When it's your Absolutely. turn, to open, it's usually a win. So we're just gonna already yeah. pencil it in for you to open the next show. And we'll be good to go. So, <laughs> excellent. Hey, and congratulations, Aaron Judge, man. Before we get out of here, we, I just want to, you know, baseball playoffs are coming up, and it's it's that rare time of year where if you're a sports fan, this is the this is the best time of year because all oh, yeah. four major sports are all playing at this time now, right? You've got preseason in both hockey and basketball. You've got playoffs in baseball. You've got NFL season in the thick of it now. It's a really fun time of year if you're a sports fan. Yeah, I got my Rangers banner if you're watching on YouTube behind me. I'm a big New York Rangers hockey fan. I like the Lakers, and you hate LeBron. So the LeBron <laughs> thing gets, will get irrationally mad at LeBron from the second that tips off, which I always love. Um, and even though it's been – I'm not a LeBron guy either, so it's been a little rough for him on the Lakers with me – for me with him on the Lakers. But, um, yeah, it's awesome, man. you got all four major sports going. Um you know, if you want to count college football, it's, you know, it's five different things to watch. It's, 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 it's an awesome time of year. Fall is happening. It's, it's good stuff, man. It's just, it's, it's a fun time to be a sports fan. And I don't want to do anything but sit on my couch and drink beer and watch sports. It's all I want to do. 
Exactly. I mean, it was fun. fun. It's you say it's fall right now. It's funny. Today it was like ninety degrees here in the, in the Bay Area. Uh, so <laughs> not like, here. Oh, like man, like it was. It was awfully, awfully hot today over here. But that's great because you know, like that's what we pay for here in California. Exorbitant real estate prices for for what? So that's what we pay for. Also, is so I want to get your thoughts on the the home run record real quick. So Aaron Judge gets sixty two last night. Roger Maris Jr. is like he's the new home run king. Mm-hmm. What are your what are your thoughts on that? I just think the steroid era happened. So and I think there's such so you can't discount it. And there's such a double standard because people and I do, I do, when people have their opinions on it, I do steroids does not help you hit a baseball, but mm-hmm. steroids turns the ball that's 10 feet in front of the wall over the wall. I, you're just bigger and stronger. Judge hit 62 because he's bigger and stronger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why he did it. But it happened. So 73 is is the record. In baseball, there's such a double standard and so many people on their soapboxes. You know, Bonds isn't getting in the Hall of Fame and Clevins isn't getting in. But David Ortiz is in. And yeah. you put Bud Selig, who presided over all of it, and let it happen in the Hall of Fame. So when you're going to do things like that, like, like don't preach to me about, you know, that's the, I have the people, I have trouble with people on their soapbox when that sort of thing has happened. So it's a double standard. There's definitely guys in the Hall of Fame who have done roids. Definitely. You know, it was rampant in that era. So it happened. Um, as a Yankee fan, I, you know, I, I love that he hit the 62 it was special for a Yankee fan. I could see why somebody in Milwaukee may not give a shit, you know, for, <laughs> yeah. for, for, for me, I thought it was great. And, um, is it the real record? I think, I think it depends on, I think people are going to have different opinions on that. And I know nobody wants that, right? Everybody's got to attack people for their opinions, but I think the story era happens. So you have to recognize those numbers, but if people feel differently, that's their opinion, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's part of, you know, their interpretation of it. So I don't have an issue with people think either way. I think they're entitled to that opinion. Um, just don't tell other people how to think, I guess. Yeah. And remember, p- pitchers were juicing too. During that Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So everybody was doing it. Everybody's doing it. Pitchers juicing, the hitters are juicing. And I'll be honest, man, that was a lot of fun to watch. Like as a kid growing up, like you see these like giant, like bodybuilders, like just jacking 500 foot bombs. It was kind of cool, right? Like it was like, wow, we didn't know, we didn't, you know, nobody suspected, but when Jose Canseco came out with that book, like we were like, that's what that would kind of like raise people's ears, right? Raise the alarm. And, and that, yeah. at that point people started to suspect it. But when we didn't know about it, it was actually really fun to watch. Like you remember that summer in 98 when, when Sosa right. McGuire, McGuire was my favorite player growing up. Right. So for me, it was awesome to see that. Right. It was fantastic. And baseball was like, quote unquote, back after that, after the strike years. So I think that, you know, like there's, there's been a lot of course correction for baseball, but this has been a really fun story. And I think that the wild card format, they got it right. Three games for wild card, they yeah. got it right. So I think there's, they're taking a lot of steps in the right direction to, to kind of become relevant again. So it's nice to see. Yeah, I hope so. Because I used to be a huge baseball fan. And to be honest with you, it's, I have a hard time getting into things now. I mean, I'm still a big Yankee fan, but I used to live and die with the Yankees. And now I'm just kind of, I don't know. I, it's just hasn't been as exciting to me lately i don't know if it's mm-hmm. because of the way the games play well i think it is because of the, ga- the way the games played you know guys striking out 200 times and you know you look back in the day don mattingly striking out 30 times tony Gwynn striking out 20 times you know it was just a different game mm-hmm. um so but we'll see hopefully what you know we'll start to come back but yeah in terms of that record it's bonds record because it happened you can't just say it didn't happen it Absolutely. did that was, it was the era babe ruth was hitting against guys probably throwing 75 miles an hour you know, like it's like that, and and there were there were like um, African American people weren't allowed to play when Babe Ruth was, yeah, that too. was playing. Like until yeah. Jackie Robinson came and broke the color barrier, like they they were not allowed to play. So it's like how can you dis- how can you count that 
when when there's no guarantee that Babe Ruth was playing against the, be- the best athletes in the world, right? Probably so, no way he was. Yep. 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 Hundred so. percent. So, but yeah, we'll save the rest for our uh, our baseball podcast that we yes. do. So. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here for Zane. This is out. Peace.